famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub the blockout sports pod is back on the air from behind the master control desk in the aforementioned downstairs pub i am your host and moderator for this evening my name is travis carter behind me keeping track of our picks on the board helping us to produce the effort the ladies know him as Mr. Electricity. We call him Whiteboard Jody. Over my right wow. shoulder. What what ladies? <laughs> over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fella, the tuna country Matt Kemp, and bellied up to the bar, the only man in America who yesterday took the under on the coin flip, the fabulous one, Freddie Bender. Ooh, did I ever? <laughs> I crushed that first half under. <laughs> so, guys. Uh, obviously it's the day, uh, the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, we are recording this, of course, on Monday night going forward, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be recording on Monday nights. The new episodes will drop on Tuesday afternoons. Um, follow us on social media. We did have a few, uh, people that, uh, I noticed followed us on our Facebook page. And on Twitter this last week. Keep that going. If you like the show, tell your friends to check it out. Uh, I kind of had the Super Bowl as the line of demarcation of old social media presence versus new. So we're going to start really ramping that up uh, here as there's not a lot of football to talk about. But there's still a lot of other sports. And uh, we'll try to get a little bit more gambling information going there as well. Um, so speaking of gambling, last week, and I did not do this before the show as I usually do, but I know for a fact that I went 3-0 and last week. My three picks were Purdue against Indiana, no matter what the spread was, South Carolina against Vanderbilt, no matter what the spread was, and the Chiefs to cover the two and a half. Tuna, I can't see the board from where I'm sitting. How did you do on our picks last week? I can't see the board from where I'm sitting either, but I think it says I went 3-0, and so I don't know. Uh, yeah, mine does I'll take that one, yeah. We were all perfect last Damn. week. Damn, well, crushed I just, it. I'll just erase it. I did go 3-0. and Fred went 1-2. and We were discussing that. On a, and a push. And, and Tuna, no, it was not a push. Yes. It was 47 and a half, Fred. You can't push on that. It's impossible. Um, I don't know what Tuna did. Well, I know he had the Chiefs. Perfection, Yeah. I know he had the Chiefs. So, we had a pretty good week. Uh, I'm so tired of betting uh, professional sports. Well, they won't. you won't have professional sports to kick you around for a while. Yeah, don't Fred. anyone no. take any of my don't bets. Don't say that. Hey, I'm all horse racing. You want to follow me? Follow horse racing. You're not going to be betting on the St. Louis Battlehawks anytime soon? Nah, they ain't got the quarterback. So, you're not a fan anymore? Oh, I'm a fan. Okay, because... I'm going. The Birmingham Stallions will be part of that league oh yeah now, I, now like, i'm really torn yeah that's what i figured I'm, <laughs> i am torn i'm I, i'm you know I'm, i don't know what to do so i think i'll stick with the xfl well it, that doesn't exist anymore well i'm gonna stick with the xfl team oh yeah coming well in. yeah we i mean it's yeah. like it's like the original six in hockey you can't yeah. jump ship after the all the tradition 
and the pageantry of the XFL. Right. From, I mean, the, the, you, you can't the, just jump to some. The, the Battlehawks sold me. Some fly-by-night organization that we don't know anything about. So, yes, I'm still on the D- D.C. Defender train from here into the foreseeable future. Um, but, obviously, there's one story in sports that is dominating the headlines. It's on, you turn on the TV, you can't get away from it. I'm going to let Tuna, the, I know you're super interested in this. The table is yours. Give me what you got. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing out there right now is the Alabama offensive coordinator situation. Um, I just, I'm, what's going on down there? Get to the damn Super Bowl, <laughs> well, I would think you? We, I, th- I think we all want to know. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. All hell's breaking loose down there. The well, head coach is take, dead take to a me. moment to vent. Let's let's get it. Let's, let's no, go. There's nothing to say. No, we, I, we, I feel like there's we, something to no, say. We, well, all right, you want to do it in one minute? We just lost we our can freaking offensive coordinator and defensive I mean and offensive line coach, both of which I think were damn near coaches of the year in their positions. And uh, I hope Seattle goes whatever over for the whole year, and uh, it all it all comes down to Bill O'Brien. He screwed us again, and he ain't even coaching for us. <laughs> he has a way of doing that. Yeah, he, le- <laughs> he his fat butt leaves for Boston College. I hope you. Th- I ain't worried about them. They will fail, and then leaves the door open for Chip Kelly, who was going to Seattle, to now jump in at Ohio State. Uh, good for him. I hope they lose every game, too, uh, <laughs> which I do every year. And then that leaves Seattle with nobody to take but our offensive coordinator, who hadn't even been there long enough to get a refrigerator in his office. And then they, by the way, they go ahead, and then they let that scumbag take the offensive line coach who won the O-line coach of the year in college, and they not only let him go, they take the freaking guy with him. So, DeBoer, you are in big trouble with me right now down in T-Town. I'm not sure what to do down there, so that's it. I think he was living out there in Seattle, and – then he flew down there, you know, when he was coaching at Washington, right? Well, they say that, that and then he Grubbs went down, was never spent about five minutes in Tuscaloosa. He was he was out recruiting <laughs> and stuff. They say, but I think if you, they, I don't think he was ever really going to be a part of that team. I really don't. I what I've been reading, and uh, you know, I'm looking at it every day, every day for the last three weeks, and then someone. I go, well, thank God our offensive coordinator didn't leave Saturday when we were all out. And so my Bama buddy Dan goes, well, he just left this morning. <laughs> oh, my God. You want to talk about mad. Uh, anyways, it's I, I don't know who we're going to get. Uh, they're talking about moving Sheridan up, who I don't know what his record as an offensive coordinator at IU was for two years, but it couldn't have been good. Nick Sheridan? Yes, they're talking about maybe moving him up or the other guy that's oh. a coach from within. Oh, man. If Nick Sheridan becomes the OC, that I've would never be, heard of that name before <laughs> that my entire be life. Now, or they're saying DeBoer's going to do the duties himself. Or the, the one rumor that I only think I can cling on to, like Mr. Whipple, <laughs> is that we're going to get 
a coach that coached for DeBoer, who is with Dinkeschnitz at Missouri, the offensive coordinator, I will take him in a heartbeat. So that is the rumor that he may grab him, but I'm sure Missouri's getting ready to throw money on the table. I don't think they can match us, but I think that's what's going to happen. <clears throat> I've lost my voice already, damn it, Tuna. Well, uh, Fred, we had well, – uh... That's it. There's nothing else to talk about. It's just, you know, how do you let them guys go and just take off like that after you've already – you know, you're trying to keep the number one wide receiver in the country there, and you lose the O-line coach and the offensive coordinator? I mean, pay these guys and lock them in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Now we're scrambling for an offensive corner, and it's almost spring football, and everyone else is already get with their teams. It's a total drop the ball. I don't know what the hell's going on down there. I'm mad at the athletic director. I'm mad at the president. I'm mad at Nick Saban. What's he doing in that office? <laughs> oh, man. And I knew, I was telling the guys before Fred arrived, I said, the people that listen to our show may or may not really even care about what happens with the Alabama uh, coaching moves. But what people are interested in and what Freddie always delivers is a fantastic rant. And (laughs) I knew that I knew that was going to happen. And you delivered. No, let's get to the Super Bowl. I'm happy for Tuna. But if you want, if you click on CBS Sports Line to college football, it's the number one story. I mean, it it is. So uh, enough about that. College football is over. We'll we'll survive with a five. It's just getting started. We'll 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 five and eight season. I can't wait. So let's get to the champ. (laughs) All right. So Super Bowl. Tuna walked in uh, to the show last week, I would say with a swagger and and maybe it was a little bit of false confidence, a little bit of, you know, nervous bravado, if you will. But I believe pretty much the game, probably the second half of the game and the outcome was exactly as you expected. How we got there, however, was maybe not exactly what you expected give us give us your thoughts how you felt watching your team again in the super bowl and congrats on the big win look at his smile on his face (laughs) where's that ring (laughs) they uh the first half was maybe (gasps) one of the ugliest halves of football i've ever seen on both sides of the football (laughs) there was was dumb penalties they couldn't hold on neither team could hold on to the ball it was just it was sloppy it was gross it was i it was terrible to watch um, going in to the locker room, being down only one score, I felt great about that. I think I texted you guys, we're going to win this damn game. Like, even you did. We, we, you did. we were down 10 nothing. I was like, Kyle Shanahan's got a, a double-digit lead in the Super Bowl. We're going to win this game. Like, right. it's, it's just going to happen. Um, I Credit to the 49ers, man, that they played – that second half, I thought they they that defense. I've been talking so much crap about them, and they they actually got their stuff together and and, and played well, man. They uh, you think they got tired in the fourth quarter? Well, I think they got after Mahomes, man. Like they were in his head in that first half. Don't forget, they lost a key part oh, to their dude, defense. Dre Greenlaw going out in that game was massive. I mean that 
they were crushing our offensive line. They did that all game, even with uh, Greenlaw out. Right. They were collapsing both our tackles all game. Uh, now we were without Joe Tooney, but still, he didn't play in the Baltimore game. Right. Um, but Nick Allegretti came in. He played great in the Baltimore game. He struggled a little bit here. Um, it was uh, – I don't know. I didn't like, – like we talked about with San Francisco, they – you watch the Green Bay game, you watch the Detroit game, the middle of the field was open the entire game. NFL coaching, no matter how bad I think you are, you're going to figure something out if you've just got spent two games, got eaten up the same way. They took the middle of the field completely away from the Chiefs. Right. Andy Reid and and Matt Nagy, they had to get extra creative to 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 move the ball on, on the San Francisco team. Right, and you're talking first half especially, and that's what we're kind of going at, the first half mm-hmm. here. You know what I was shocked at, and, and I, it started continuing to happen at the when when um when Purdy was throwing the ball, I could not believe that he was throwing over the line. And he was throwing the ball low. A lot of those receivers were catching it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, under their uh, under their shoulder pads, no one was raising their hands up to block the ball in the first half for the Chiefs at all. I couldn't believe how many were going across the line, right over the line, because he was completing some passes, dude, and they were not easy. He looked sharp in uh, that first half. Yeah, and uh, that surprised me. I'm not saying that the Chiefs started knocking down balls. You know, but, but they the second did. half they did. They uh, did. Their line improved. They were know? getting in the passing lanes. They were making him elevate the ball a little bit. And and I mean, I still think Chris Jones had the the defensive play of the game. Yeah, uh, we'll he, get, how does we'll get he to that in overtime? I don't know, but that was the deep. In my opinion, yeah, uh, a third and four. I mean, that's later in the I game. I thought McDuffie obviously. had the the play of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was uh, that, that, that save touchdown on Debo. Absolutely, that was great. So, um. But what happened in the second half? Like, I mean, we know the first half was slow, sluggish, uh, fumbles. I, I think the uh, four times the ball hit the ground. Um, but you guys did make some good adjustments. What do you think? Yeah, well, the big thing was, was that um, the fumble that uh, on the punt where huh. it came off the guy's heel – Possible play of the game. That changed everything. everything. It was like a switch flipped right when that happened. That was Daryl Luter. Yeah, everybody knows Daryl Luter. Right, but yeah. right. Speaking of special teams for San Francisco, former Chief Chris Conley played his ass oh, off Oh, my, in that number game. 84 in he case you needed to know. He was everywhere on special teams. Dude, yeah. he had two hits. What about that? He had that one hit where he grabbed the ball and knocked your boy back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about where he saved the ball on the one-yard line? And he had an incredible catch. Yeah. He really did have a great game. But I think the big thing, that, or the big adjustment that the Chiefs were able to make in the second half uh, was Kelsey. Like, he had one catch for one yard in that first half. He ended with, what, nine for uh, nine for 93. Nine for so, 93. eight for 92 in but the dude, second you, half. you all were frustrated. I mean, even though I know that thing, that brush against uh, Andy Reid happens probably three or four times during the season. Not not like that, but you know what I mean? They get mad. Everybody gets emotional. Those guys have been together so long. You you couldn't look at that and go, what's he doing? Da, da, da. But I do still think at the same time, it was frustration. Uh, Mahomes had kept his – I think he really – 
kept everything in a little bit. He would just run off to the sidelines. But you could tell that your guys were getting frustrated in the first half. Well, that's nothing new to what the Chiefs were doing all season long. Watch the Chiefs all all year, and they were throwing helmets on the sideline. They were yelling at each other. Right. Last year in the Super Bowl, um, or it was the playoffs, I think it was the Bengals game. Yeah. Mahomes and yeah. Enemy were Bien-Ami. going at yes. it face to face. Like that's they're a fiery group I of know. guys, man. They're competitive and that's what happens. Well, they're a dynasty now, so they can do whatever they want. Well, <laughs> but I'm saying like Brady would do the same thing. You, right. you just no, see I'm him chewing you. his guys out. Right. Like, like this is not what we do here. Cameras find those moments and, and it gives talking heads something to go off about. And I don't even think that stuff's even worth talking about. Like it's it, it means nothing to me. Like, Andy Reid even laughed it off. He's like, I know that kid better than oh, he knows yeah. himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? He goes, yeah. so, I mean, they he drafted him when he was a punk out of, you know, Cincinnati. And all he was trying to do was get in fights, all training camp, and, and get thrown off the team. And wow. Andy Reid, like, molded him back into. How about that first, since we're still in the first half, that throw by Jennings to uh, McCaffrey. I could not believe that he ballsed up and still threw that ball. I mean, that had interception written all over it. For an interception for a touchdown, if anybody got it, mm-hmm. uh, that was a pretty sweet play. And the blockers were still there. Uh, and it looked like the play was not going to happen. Um, and I think that, that was when everyone was like, wow, this might be the 49ers uh, day. You know what I mean? My – only concern that I thought that we were going to lose this game was McCaffrey because he was getting four yards, four and a half yards, five yards every time he touched the ball. And catches, too. Catches, too. I mean, he ended with 80 rushing yards and 80 receiving yeah, yards. Super like, Bowl record. Yeah. Um, I, if they would have just kept pounding, I know he was just exhausted by the end of Dude, that. Like, even when he came off the bench in the yeah. third quarter, man, you could just tell this guy wants it bad. Yep. Um, um, I don't know, but yeah. How about the kickers? I mean. <laughs> two records in one Dude, uh, quarter. Seven of seven for the idiot kickers, as we call them a lot. But Credit kickers- to Moody, who was a rookie. Hey, you know what I mean? The Coming out in the Super showed Bowl. up, dude. They really did show up. Two, one had a Super Bowl record, and then Butker outdoes him for the Super Bowl record, and they go seven for seven. Uh, sometimes, you know, Moody could have possibly been an MVP in that game. <laughs> there was a time you know? where it was looking like that. If but, they uh, would have won, but I think McCaffrey would have gotten that. Or mm-hmm. uh, Some, Something I thought I would have heard more today, uh, that block extra point. That's huge. That, yeah. that was the play Total, of the game. It, it totally changes the that very end of the game. That was the play of the I game. I mean, there is no overtime at that point. There's and that that was on the kicker, really, because that ball was low and driven. It was, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. two guys got their hands exactly. on it. It wasn't like a, a dude got up way high in the air. So, I mean, that, there, there was a kicker mistake in that game. Yeah, well, because the Chiefs get the ball, they come down, mm-hmm. and then they got to score a touchdown, and the pressure's on. One of Butker's kick, though, uh, the holder had a – it was a really bad snap mm-hmm. from the long snapper, too. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, Creed Humphrey, we talked about him another day. Uh, he, uh, you know, consistently all pro. I think they even had him as one of the top ten talented players on the field in this day. He was snapping the ball low all day. Um, it, it looked like, uh, I know he didn't do the snap on the long snap, but uh, Mahomes was digging it out of the dirt most of the game. Like, I, I didn't really understand what was up with him. Uh, he was, you know, center in a Super Bowl last year, so it's hard to believe it was nerves. I don't know if he was playing with some kind of injury or something we didn't know about. But he's all pro, right? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, he makes like 16, 17 million a year is what his No, he's is. on like his third year of his contract. Oh, his I rookie deal. Maybe that's what they're talking about. He's going to get next year. Yeah, he's going to get paid soon. But uh, So let me ask, <clears throat> ask you guys this. If you had to put a percentage on it, when the Chiefs have the ball, they have to kick a field goal to tie the game, right? What percentage were you confident that they were going to go down and do exactly that? Uh, 98%. Like, I just – I, and I don't want to sound cocky there. I really don't. But I've watched this team do this so many damn times. It's like – but did you think they were going to do it the first time? Because they didn't do it the first time. What before, do you mean? To get it into overtime. They marched down the field. Yeah, they marched down the field and, and they kicked the field goal. Kicked the field goal. But did you – my point is, is Mahomes marched down the field with a minute 50 and won the game. But in regulation, he marched down the field with the same – close to the same amount of time and they had to kick the field goal. Did you but think he would have done that's, it then? That's exactly what Travis asked me. Right, but did, what, what did no. you think? I'm, I'm He's not talking about, about the winning play in overtime. He's talking about to get the game to overtime. Okay. Yeah, well, no, and, yeah, but I see what Fred's saying. But my question was, how confident were you? I, I, I should have put it this way. How confident were you that San Francisco was not going to win in regulation? Right, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, yeah. That's how I should have no, asked No, but it. I hear you, I, yeah. and it's a great question. Because... Uh, to me, it was like, unless the center snaps the ball over Mahomes' head mm-hmm. and there's a safety out the back of the end zone or a fumble. <laughs> I was praying for that one. <laughs> to me, it was a, it was almost like I couldn't fathom that they were that this game was not at least going to. No, overtime. you guys called that last week. You all said that. Well, you know. and and I don't think this is any sort of like tremendous analysis, but I did say last week. Who would you rather have in crunch time? Would you rather have Mahomes and Andy Reid or Shanahan right. and Brock Purdy? All right. And we saw it play out in real time last no, night. No, we did. Purdy, uh, Chris Jones made uh, third and four. But and on that drive that, that Travis is talking about, I put it at 98% that they were going to get down and, and tie the game or at least get a field go. And I'd say 60% that they, they were going to score a touchdown. Because I really thought yeah, that I they thought were they gonna, were going to win it in regulation. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. And then I was like, we're at least going to tie it up and go to overtime. Right. I don't really want to do that, but I feel like we're going to do that. I think one of the things that surprised me the most um, is uh, listening today, the 49ers players saying that they were unaware of the rules in overtime. Yes, that's what I was going to get to. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand how that happens. Not one or two of them, like five or six of them. Several guys. Yeah. Um, and like I saw, some one of the national guys goes, even if that's the case, don't, don't admit it. it. Yeah. <laughs> right, and dude, that really has a lot to do with the coin toss and what what you're going to take. I mean, all that, that, that they talked the Chiefs about, were in the driver's seat. The Chiefs talked about it. They said they have a guy that comes in at the beginning of training camp, explains all the rules for overtime. He comes in before the playoffs start to go over again what they're going to do. They practice those scenarios. Yes. They, they drill it in their heads over and over again. And for San Francisco players to be like, we didn't even know the rules. That's attention to detail from a coaching staff that knows yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, you want to be the, the final team to come in there and, and go for two if you need to. You know. And go for the win if you want to. Uh, the only thing, like, I can see his way of thinking 
of saying, okay, we if we go down here and score a touchdown. The pressure's on. The pressure's on the Chiefs to have to score a touchdown, and then we'll have the ball to win it with the third attempt. Okay, I'm not necessarily saying that's right. I was thinking maybe he would want to rest his defense because they had been on the field for that last yeah, drive and regulation. Were tired on that and they drive. were beat. They so were it was like, beat. we need to give these guys a few plays off. I'd but, like to have possession with the third. But you also drive. give the, the la- whoever goes second has the option to win the game with a two pointer conversion. That, and then you're, you're playing with four downs every time. Right. Which changes exactly. all your play yeah. calling. Exactly. Yeah. That's the real key. Yeah. Right there. That's a good point. I hadn't even yeah. really thought about yeah, that. Yeah. That, that's, and I didn't even read that in the article. No one even mentioned that. Uh, but I mean, the, you're right. You're right. Uh, and dude, let's. What do you think? Like when they came down the field, when when it seemed like that when the Chiefs came down the field uh, to tie the game, the in my opinion, the first you know how many times did the 49ers lock them down on that five yard line? I mean, field position was huge. You're talking about game. the end of regulation, right? And man, I just think the 49ers were tired in the three or four great plays that Mahomes had to get them uh, like down to the 40 yard line. The key play, the key you know play I mean? in this right drive at the beginning is the designed quarterback run that we have mm. not ran all season long. Yeah. You call that and a game winning drive that you, you or you know, game tying drive right, with the yeah. whole game on the line. Right. And it's like with the season on the line. Yeah. The season's on the line. Let's dial up this design quarterback that run huge. that we've never done. Right. Like, what the hell? I covered on that, by the way. Thank you, Patrick. On the Pat Pat Mahomes <laughs> rushing. He had like sixty rushing yards. Oh, he didn't crushed he? it. I know, but it was just a. Uh, it was a. Yeah, he had, he had already had want? that. Yeah, he already by had then, it. Yeah. but. I, again, like Kelsey came up huge in that second half. Right. Like he was yeah. making big plays on he those was. drives, and he was. And I mean, he was running the ball well. He had one that went down the sideline. I really thought for a second he might get in the end zone. I thought your other tight ends played fantastic. Oh, I did not. You didn't? No. You didn't think uh, Noah Gray did not play well. No. Who's the uh, uh, Blake Bell? No. No. Wait a minute. You're thinking of I'm the thinking, other guy, from Justin San Watson, isn't a tight end. He's oh, he's a wide okay. receiver. Oh, he is. I know he wears 80, 82 he or whatever, eighty four well, or whatever. Um, had a great game. Yeah, he's a wide receiver. He doesn't play tight That's end. That's who I'm um, talking about. I thought he had a great. No, game. he always comes up for like one or two big plays a game, and you're just yeah, like, oh, so there he's he is. a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I did not know that because yeah, it throws you off with the eighties guys. Right. Yeah. I thought you might have been talking about, but he's actually not a white a tight guy wearing an eighties number. It's like tight end. Yeah. And, the uh, fullback for San Francisco that they threw to a few Kyle times. Oh yeah. Uh, he was killing me because I needed Kelsey to have one catch in the first quarter yeah. and Kittle to have one catch in the first quarter. And Kittle got his catch, but it got called back for an obvious hold. And then they threw – it might have been one of the first couple plays of the game. I Like you said, I saw a big white guy mm-hmm. motoring up the field, and I was like, there's my Kittle catch. And I'm like, no, that dude's like number 40-something. Let, let, let me say <laughs> something about a lot of fullbacks I've, I've, anymore, I've been man. pretty harsh on Kittle, but, dude, I, I think that I have a right to be. Uh, yeah. You, you can say that he kicks ass uh, blocking and all this, and I'm sure he does, but the bottom line is he's getting paid to be a freaking tight end, to catch balls, catch touchdowns, and get open. In the last three games in the playoffs, he didn't do jack smack. Uh I'm telling you, he he just lost. I mean, 
You can look up what he had, and it's not going to impress me. Now, I think the Green Bay uh, game, um, he actually did do well. Well, he didn't do nothing versus Detroit, and I yeah. mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, but I think, yeah, and, really. Uh, but either way, that's but, a I mean, dude, he's a key cog to that team. He has got to play better. He's well, got to get open. I think my biggest gripe about him is he constantly gets mentioned as one of the top right. you know, two or three tight ends in the and league. You and, always say he's he, a great blocker. He is. A, he's a great blocker, okay. but you I'm, have to do yeah. more as a tight end. We've seen blocking. him be productive yeah. in a passing game. I know. But he hasn't been lately, so I don't know. That's one of those reputational things where mm-hmm. you get a you you get a certain status. It happened with the Colts. Quentin Nelson, not this past season, but two years ago, at the beginning of every game, they would always say, Quentin Nelson, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. But if you had watched the games, he was atrocious Mm -hmm. the entire season. And I think Kittle, you get to that certain level, and the national guys don't necessarily watch the games as closely as you watch your own team. And they just go, well, yeah, I mean, everybody says he's really good, so he must be, you know? Well, let's get funny well, for speaking, a minute. Just another one on that, How? Trent Williams. Like, he was mm. one of uh, probably the best player in that game, um, and he had one of the worst halves of football ever. Yeah. Like, no, how many right. drives did he you're kill right. just himself? You're right. He was struggling, man. Bosa had a great game. Bosa was uh, incredible. He, and so was Fred Warner. Um Obviously, that injury. Hargrave was was a stud, yeah, too. Yeah, he man. was. Uh, that injury was to Greenlaw was huge. How about some funny things that happened during the game? How about Nance going, oh, my goodness, we have a streaker. <laughs> and Romo and was like, I don't think we're allowed to talk about but, it. But Romo, you could hear both of them laughing, and I heard the, or Tommy thinks that it was a female streaker. I, I asked. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's I asked happened. Co- I asked Colin about that today. He actually saw the video. It was there were two guys that were out there at the same time. They were both guys. Oh, okay. but 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 there were two. There were two streakers oh, at wow. at the same time. It was just funny to hear Nance go. Oh my goodness! And 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 Romo was getting ready to say hilarious. something. You know, about the game, hilarious. and he cut him off and goes, "Oh my goodness, we have a streaker, folks." <laughs> <laughs> And to hear it come out of – the way he said it is what made it so funny. was hilarious. <laughs> because you'd think Jim Nance would say nothing and just go, oh, we have something going out on the field here. That's you why know. Romo said, I don't know we're allowed to talk about that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> they were getting weird in that booth, man. They were singing – like, Romo was singing. One, one time he sang for like a minute straight. Like, I was like, what? they're I just think, letting him keep going? I think I read today that it was an Adele song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And it just kept going. I'm like, all right, well, this is weird. I'm telling you, man, he's getting weirder and weirder each time out. And, like, the big thing that Romo was famous for when he first got in there was, calling was like, the plays. calling the plays before they before happened. They have, right. He was doing that, but he was missing on everything he called. Yeah. And it's like, just I maybe. actually noticed that early in the game. Yeah. He was like, it's going to be a run on the left side, Jim. <laughs> yeah. And the quarterback got it and rolled out to the right and threw it in the flat. I was like, hmm. And Tuna, now what did you think of the halftime show? Honestly, I didn't even watch it. Okay. I didn't. Um, I, I heard it was really good. I don't know the people that were doing it. but were you doing a number two or something? I was just <laughs> yeah, doing some, some things. I actually yeah. didn't watch it while it was happening live. Yeah. I, I went back and watched it 
earlier today just so I could see what everybody was talking about. And I, I, I thought it was very entertaining. I, I only knew like two of the songs. I get that it's not necessarily being made for me, but it's supposed to be entertaining. And I thought it was very entertaining. I don't think the one, where was it? Miami? Or was, was it New Orleans? That was the Sharks. Yeah, the the oh, sharks. Oh, that was with Katy Perry. Left shark didn't right know the shark. dance moves, yeah. and he was just up there. Yeah, going yeah, around. yeah. That was the best halftime show we'll ever have, and and that was, um, it'll never over Janet Jackson and. The, I didn't mean, see it. Truly, the best, the best halftime show in my opinion ever was Prince. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Prince was great. I thought the Stones were great. <clears throat> I don't even remember the Stones one. Yeah. I remember when The Simpsons would play a, a full episode. Wait, didn't you, I do too. Didn't I, yeah, you, I'd always switch over and watch The Simpsons when I was a kid. You two had, you two did the one right after nine eleven. I thought and that they, one was great. Theirs is famous for, and it's a really cool moment. It, they're playing where the streets have no name, and they had these giant video boards behind the band, uh, scrolling all the names of the people that were lost on nine eleven, and then at the very Bono, the ultimate showman. You know, he's wearing like a leather jacket or whatever. And the very end, the, the spot that all the lights go out, the spotlight's right on him. And he opens up his jacket and it's the American flag. Nice. Like yeah. that's an iconic moment yeah. Yeah. in Super Bowl halftime history. But I thought it was very entertaining for, you know, like I said, halftime show is supposed to just be however long it is, 25 minutes of, Fun entertainment, and I thought they delivered well on that. I also thought, man, honestly, I thought the best performance musically was, uh, uh, God, what's his, Post Malone, who did America America the Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Man, that was fantastic. He's a very talented dude, That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also a Dallas fan. (laughs) I I couldn't deal with Reba singing the national anthem. I'm not a Reba person at all. Yeah, you're a Reba hater. Yeah. talked about that before. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that. And, I I mean... uh, Again, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people that get like I see that <laughs> one of my funniest things, and I'll just I'll go on a little bit of a tangent. Go here, on one, would you? Let's do it. I'll I'll open up Facebook the day after the Super Bowl, and it's like you know, has anybody ever like said I I want to get on social media and find out what my accountant thought about the halftime show last night. <laughs> Because I, I get on there, I'm seeing all these random people. That ah, halftime show was awful. The national anthem. Some, who are these people that think that we care? And I don't get it. Whether How you did it like suck? it, whether you I, didn't I like it. Like, well, some well, it's people, social media in a nutshell. Who cares what anybody thinks about anything? But it creates interaction, and that accountant that nobody cares about his opinion. Somebody's going to interact with them. And yeah. They have a discussion, yeah. and it goes right, on, right, and then that's all right. that they're looking for. Yeah, uh, can I so, do your taxes? Now? I interact with enough people in my daily life. I don't need to have that's discussions with like, people on social media. People, yeah. and that's one reason why I've been kind of hesitant to really mm-hmm. uh, be very aggressive with social media with our podcast, which I know in today's day and age you have to do it if you want to grow your show, and that obviously is is our goal is to grow our show. But people, for, for a long time, they'd say, you have a Twitter account? I'd say, yeah. they say, what do you tweet? And I'd say, I Positive don't. Positive things. No, I'd say, I don't. 
Right. And my best advice to you is never tweet. Well, just, we, just, we have just, to. Just, just read I'm, other people's stuff. Uh, be, as Freddie Bender's here, you're going to hear it from me the first time. I am going to try my damnedest to tweet a short amount of words and a with a positive vibe. And I know that's hard for me. That's going to be impossible. But I am going to try. And if it, if it is negative, it's going to be funny negative. So that's what I'm going to try to do, you know? And, and, and if I, people don't like it or like it, whatever. I love your optimism yeah. on that, Fred. I really do. But uh, hey, and, and I know you're getting ready to get into the Waste Management Open. We oh, got, yeah. We, we, we're well, definitely getting into we that. We got to get into that because... Hell, we didn't get to see the end of it. And that's one of the problems Before we move I on, have. Real quick, I, we was talking about Dre Greenlaw earlier. Yeah. Like how good of a game he was having. He only played like, what, one and a half quarters of that yeah. game? Yeah. Uh, eight eight tackles, six solo. Right before mm. the first half. He, he, he led out. the team in tackles and didn't play. Yeah. And had his Achilles. So that was, that was definitely, which was so weird because he was just running out onto the field and then. Plus, he's the, the guy, he's the quarterback out there of the defense, you know? Yeah. He's uh, calling the, he's the caller, dude. and all that and stuff. Yeah. Is he the Green Sticker guy for the defense? I think yeah. Fred Warner that guy. Fred Warner and him both do that. But I heard Romo say that. I wouldn't I have known know if it. I trust anything Romo was saying. Okay, well, I did hear him <laughs> he say He might have been something. on Mushrooms for dude, some of that game last you, night. He's been getting really weird. <laughs> Can we movie. get him on the show? <laughs> Probably. He well, hell, nothing you, else. you don't want Jim Nance on here, so no, we got to get him. Well, I mean, I'll take the night <laughs> off. You guys get Jim Nance in here. You guys can fawn over him and cook his toast the right way, and I'll just go take the night off. We could have him down here in studio, and I can just picture it at the very end. He'd say, tune on behalf of all of us at CBS Sports. I'd like to present you with my necktie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Tuna might faint. Yeah. Yeah. But, I am gonna try burnt toast sometime soon. See what it tastes like. I don't think it's burnt. No, it's gonna be it's like the perfect shade of brown. Oh, like, he doesn't. He doesn't. Like burnt he doesn't toast. want it burnt. And he doesn't want it not cooked. He likes it just right. He's like, no, 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 well, no, hell, no. Like, I no, the same way. no, it's, I, I think it's, he likes it's burnt. burnt. It's burnt. Toast. Oh, okay. And he, that's why he carries the card because he will say he'll say, I know you might think it's burnt. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't look like this, it's not burnt enough. <laughs> I mean, you got to respect the guy who feels that uh, that strongly about toast about his toast. He's a big breakfast eater. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, Do your but, thing. you know, all that being said, uh, Super Bowl was great. We all had a blast. Uh, Tuna has to watch his team solo. I get that. The rest of the uh, of the crew uh, was over here, uh, had a great time watching the game. Um, you know, uh, I think we all did okay on I our even, I even made Kansas City-style barbecue ribs. You did, no. Fred, and guess what? That's probably what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say about it, like, there was several times in this season, like, throughout the course of the regular season, where I think everybody, like, was like this is not the Chiefs aren't the Chiefs. This is sure. not the the Chiefs team. I can I think I, I've got countless texts on my phone from Freddie talking about the lowly Chiefs. The, the, oh, you know yes. the struggling oh, Chiefs every yes. week. Like <laughs> we had a, a, a bad stretch where we went. I think like what five and eight or something like that. It was or not five and eight, but I, three and five or something like that. It was terrible. Eight game stretch went three and five. 
Um, lost on Christmas Day to the Raiders. That was a low. To just know that, like, that's a team. It's probably going to be one of the worst teams that Patrick Mahomes has had offensive-wise. Right. And I'm, uh, defense carried us. I'm, I'm going to admit that. But offensive-wise, I don't see us being depleted with weapons like that again. No. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around like them just not being in there year in and year out in that hunt. And for the NFL to be a league of like, I, I think there's more parity in the NFL than anything. Um, and it's crazy that it seems like we have these dynasties in the NFL that last, like the Patriots. And it's for there them, ain't no transfer portal in the NFL. But they had, <laughs> but there's free agency. There's free agency. Well, there worse. is. I get it. It is um, worse. But it's, you had the Patriots that were so dominant for so long, you know, 20 years. And then for that to get passed off to the Chiefs, which seem like they're becoming the new Patriots, it's just crazy how these dynasties form in the NFL. Well, that's the thing. The league that, with a true salary cap. And and that's also the you got mark. the coach and the QB, baby. And that's the mark, not just of a coach and a QB, but of having a tremendous organization. Because if you look, and Tuna, you may know this or roughly off the top of your head, how many – guys are on the Chiefs that were on the first Chiefs Super Bowl team. You know, uh, like... Uh, I think there was one. Uh, didn't they like, say last night there was one? Well, no, 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 no. On the first one? I no, mean, no. besides... Wait a minute. No. Not, not Super on Bowl defense, four. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. I'm talking defense, about... I think. Not, Patrick Mahone's first Super Bowl? I think it was defense. Yeah, like... And... The Patriots were 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 the same way. Mm-hmm. These front offices and these organizations, they have a way because there are these. I mean, now you have a franchise quarterback, a great coach, uh, you know, a couple of good receivers, whatever. But it's the other guys that are constantly moving and pieces moving here and picking up this these guys and letting these guys go and. Really, dynasty building in the NFL is a whole different animal because of the way that that that, that defense. Works. Chris Jones was the only player, the only one. That's who he I'm was calling, the only yeah, player I on think the he's defense. The only player on the uh, defense. offense. I can't think of anybody besides Kelsey and Mahomes. Um, right. Yeah, that's a, it's amazing, uh, dude. That's, you all, you th- all that's a- the mark of the top of the line organization from top you guys to bottom. Are a they legitimate con- dynasty. They I continually mean, hit on their defensive picks. We've struggled hitting on like, you know, Sky Moore fell through. That was a second round draft pick at wide receiver and that's obviously like our weakest position. Um do you have any idea if Cam Jones uh, got on the field last night? No, I don't even know if he was on the active roster. I know Hilaire had one. I think carry. he was because I saw a picture of him in his Super Bowl. Didn't jersey. our buddy oh, okay. uh, Hilaire have a carry there? Matt? He had, one I think, carry. one carry. Yeah. Um. So welcome to the game, Clyde. But uh, uh, well, even if he wasn't on the active roster, congratulations to Cam Jones. Your picture with your Super Bowl ring will probably be in the IU football media guide next year. <laughs> and you think about it, last night there was two second-year guys that were seventh-round draft picks that were playing key roles to their team, Brock Purdy and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Seventh-round guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's uh, it's hard to imagine both those teams. And, and Brock Purdy can play, man. That uh, kid's dude, good for sure. Can I? Can I have one? Can we end it? Can I put a cherry on top? Please, here? yeah, do please it. do. You didn't have to go through your number one nemesis. The Cincinnati Bengals. Joey B. Because 
Joe Burrow was hurt Mm -hmm. for the whole year, or most of the year. So, just remember, the one team that gives you fits, you didn't have to go through this time. So, next year, be ready, Tuna. Yeah, looking forward to that. Are you scared of that? No, your run's over with because you actually (laughs) had to pay Burrow. Um, Having the quarterback on the rookie contract is when you can really have a window to win. Um, and that's over with for Cincinnati now. Oh, so because no, the cap so. hit that Burrow's going to oh, take. We're good. So. so I think Tuna is we're good declaring we're good. We the got... the rivalry officially dead. Yeah, it's we got a St. Louis Battlehawk as our backup. <laughs> Get ready. Well, speaking Cut of down! April first uh, or April third or fourth, it's a Saturday on Fox. The Arlington Renegades are playing the St. Louis Battlehawks. So. When is that? Next uh, set? Two no, Saturday. early April. All right, I have my jersey March ready. 30th is when the U.S. or UFL kicks off. Shoot, I was kind of hoping it'd be going on while we were in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get back, man. And, and so there'll be like the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8 will be going on um, the same time as these games when they kick off. Travis, are you going to just have a mustache for Vegas? He answered this question. Yeah, Did you, you answer- can't see it. Okay. No, I said you can't see mine. Oh, okay. yeah, Tra- but, Travis but you is still need it. to do it. I said, I, will, but Tra- I said Travis absolutely is not. not. Okay, absolutely not. But uh, he's I, not going to go there with a mustache. Yeah, I have a feeling yeah. that after night one, he might have a mustache. <laughs> right, right. I might come back with one. There's always a good chance. As long as you don't end up on point. the roof with a mattress next to you. And, and, and I know you're going to bring up this, uh, the golf. But it really does. I almost feel like we have to talk about it because now because it's connected to the Super Bowl. We didn't get to see the end of it. You didn't get to see the well, end. Well, I mean, if you have two TVs, you could. Well, I sat right there. But half, both of them. half of America doesn't have that option. That's very true. And I don't that understand why. Tell me why. Tell me that. Well, I know it's in Phoenix. But, I get it. But it, it typically ends. Before the Super Bowl starts, yes, I but, know. But even if it went before it went into us, uh, no, 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 uh, no, no, no. It's it was because all the rain on. You're Thursday. saying it was because of the rain. Yeah, they had to was, finish the third round. But that Sunday happens morning. a lot in tournaments. So, Not in Arizona. Uh, rain yeah, in Arizona it, doesn't. It, happen. Ne- it's, it okay. never happens out there. Okay. Typically, it's perfect because. Have you heard of global warming? It's, it's called climate change now. Okay, get with the times. It's going to happen more and more. Well, typically. It's perfect because the end of the tournament, it usually ends at like 5 o'clock. And 5 o'clock? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're, it usually ends about 5 o'clock, and it, then you flip off from the golf, and it goes right. At, but yesterday, I thought it was kind of cool because, well, the first half, of course, we were watching it, but it was kind of a, there wasn't a lot happening for a lot of the first half of the game. So we had the waste management on the TV behind the bar, and Jody and I sat there. It was a tremendous finish to the tournament. Right. Great. Uh, Plus, you had to deal with the, not, uh, not, the not lift tour Ameri- was on in Las Vegas. At not the same many time. in America are going to turn the beginning of the Super Bowl. Oh off no, no, to and watch the, golf. They were actually talking about that on uh, PGA Radio today. I was listening to quite a bit of that, and uh, they were talking about you know most of America did not probably see the. See, which well, let's talk about it because I don't know what happened. Uh, Nick Taylor beat. Uh, he came back. He beat Charlie Hoffman in Damn. a playoff. Um, Second playoff hole. 
Damn it, Charlie. Nick, well, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong. Nick Taylor, you know, they played 18. Bert, uh, Taylor had to birdie 18 to force the playoff, which he did. Canadians ruin everything. And then the first playoff hole, they both birdied 18. <laughs> and the second playoff hole, uh, Hoffman parred and Taylor birdied. So he birdied 18 three times in a row to win the tournament. And that second playoff hole, it, I think it was like a 20-footer. I mean, it was a it was a decent putt that he hit to win it. Um, but the bigger thing, and I think we talked about this on the pod, is not necessarily. I mean, I think the waste management is a fantastic tournament. Uh, I always enjoy watching it. But the atmosphere at the tournament, to me at least, appears to have reached a teetering point. Where it's turned into Happy Gilmore on the on the tour. Yes, oh, it's, and, it's out of control. Yeah. And it's gone. And believe me, all four guys in this basement right Love here it. do not. We're not like old prude, fuddy duddy guys that don't like to party and see people having a good time. What I don't like, and it's cool. Sixteen is still cool. They need to rein that in a little bit. But the problem they're having now is the atmosphere on 16 is now bleak because people can't get in there, and it's bleeding over into 17, 18, 9. All the holes that are right there, it's bleeding. And you ended up having players confronting fans. Um, You ended up ha- and people were so drunk. I mean, they had to take some people to the hospital. I saw a lady fell. Did you see that from the t- uh, from the top deck? The yeah, third deck yeah. The, a lady fell feet. off the thing, like fifteen feet. It could have killed her. And it's what it, what it used to be was the people would react crazily because of the golf. Now people are just acting insane, no matter what is happening with the golf. I heard that on Thursday. You know, a couple of years ago, somebody hit a hole-in-one and they everybody was throwing their beers onto the mm-hmm. thing and whatever. Well, now they don't serve bottles or cans anymore to try to eliminate it. But I heard some guy on Thursday hit like a 12-foot birdie putt and people started throwing beers. Like, mm-hmm. and there has to be a line found somewhere. And I don't know what the solution could it's, be. People are getting their, their like once in a lifetime chance to be there for that in that sixteen, and they want to recreate the moment. And like when they're there, they want to mm-hmm. have the craziest time ever while they're there. Yeah, and it's like it's you're being, right. It's being overdone. Well, they did solve part of it. They cut off beer sales, alcohol sales mm-hmm. halfway on Saturday, and didn't have it on Sunday. Yeah, they didn't have alcohol sales they at had all. No on al- South, only on alcohol See, was, was like in that. the private. Uh, booths well, no, that's that's horseshit. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, there has to be a way that's not like <laughs> black and white. Like you know, okay, you're just not going to drink. Like you can't. You're going to kill the spirit of the event if you do that. Um, but there has to be a way of police. And quite frankly, I know it's asking too much. But can you just go to a sporting event and have just a a I don't care how banged up you get. Just have a little bit of common sense, a little bit of 
understanding of that there's other people there that you're not there to make a personal TikTok video or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it's overblown. It's getting to the point where it's going to go. Well, I think this year and I heard Zach Johnson in the media today. He I mean, he got into it with the fan and he basically told the reporter he was talking to. He was like, if I ran this tournament, I would be embarrassed by what they let go on out there. And you got guys, and I, I heard their, the tournament guy from out there was like, well, if we hear somebody yelling in a player's backswing, we try to eject them. And I'm like, there's 52 people that were yelling in somebody's backswing. I agree with you. So does that guy on your phone talking. <laughs> what was what, what what in the world was that? You watching C-SPAN over? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I still enjoy watching it for the spectacle that it is. But they, they do have to make some changes. Or somebody's going to end up getting killed. Or they're going to have a, a, you know, a fan run out and try to fight a golfer. Or something crazy is going to happen. <laughs> I mean... I don't I don't agree with what Zach Johnson was saying, talking about how you should be embarrassed by the way you run this. I I, I do say I, I said this a while back. I think golfers are way too sensitive. Um uh, for the most part. I think we all would agree with that. Yeah. Um but there is a middle ground like I would be quick to eject people. You know what I mean? Honestly, I, how many cameras are out there? You can see who's making a disturbance. You you have marshals out there and and then you know, people start seeing people get ejected. And they're like, hey, I just spent a bunch of money to come out here to Arizona. I'm not going to do this, uh, well, you know, something stupid. That's what to it's going to take. It's just like yeah. a zero tolerance policy. If, if, if somebody points you out mm-hmm. and, and quite frankly, it maybe it wasn't you. Maybe it was the guy standing too. But if that starts happening, that's when you get the self-policing coming mm-hmm. in with the guys going, hey, man, I don't want to get kicked out. You turn around, and say, shut the hell up. I'm not trying to get kicked out of here. I spent five hundred dollars. Yeah, on these tickets. Yep, I. That's a that that's a good place to start. Um, and and then really, especially off of outside of sixteen, they really need to rein that in, you know. But I heard that there were several hundred people that actually even had tickets for sixteen specifically mm-hmm. and they just told him you can't come in here wow we have too many people in here already so they screwed up at some level by apparently overselling it or not being uh not being concise enough with who they were letting in well isn't it it's just general admission isn't it there, there's i a, know there's suites in there there's a but, few but, but there's they there, have tickets for there but, are uh, sections of those grandstands that you can buy. Now I don't have assigned seats, mm-hmm. but it's like zone one, or, okay, or whatever. Well, maybe sell, you know, individualized tickets for that, and then don't let the mad dash of people come in. Something they put something else out this week, and I, I don't know how this happened, but there's something happened on Saturday, and they weren't scanning everybody's tickets. So apparently there was more people on the grounds than we're supposed to. Also, there is supposed to be about 16,000 spots in that Coliseum, and they said on Saturday and Sunday they had 20,000 people in there. 
Where they got the extra 4,000 people, and I don't know. But. Well, sounds like they were falling off the top to make room. Yeah. I mean, it's total well, chaos. What's the, uh, I mean, one guy would go out this, on a stretcher, what, they'd bring another one in. What's coming up this week? What uh, tournament? Genesis. Genesis. That's t- Tiger Woods' tournament. Tiger Tiger's Woods. playing. And he, here's a weird thing, and this might only be interesting to uh, our listeners that are kind of golf nerds, but it's not a full field event. Okay, there's there's only 70 players playing. A typical tournament is, what, 135, 140 players? There's only 70 players playing, but they're having a cut. Top 50 and ties make the cut, which is, like, <laughs> the worst thing that could possibly happen for this tournament is Tiger. everybody's coming out to watch Tiger Woods play golf. Nah, I think we're all there for Will Zalatoris. <laughs> But if he struggles on Thursday and Friday, what if he finishes 54th? <laughs> They're like, well, now there's uh, there's 52 guys in the tournament, but Tiger Woods isn't one of them. Like, and what I heard was that Tiger was actually pushing for there to be a cut in this tournament because he's been so vocal about the non-cut stuff in live. But if you're going to have a cut, you got to have it, in my opinion, uh, at least 100 players to make the cut worth anything. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. You're going to cut like eight guys. Yeah. It it, it just, it makes, to me, it makes no sense. I don't know. I think they're having, trying to have their cake and eat it too from this particular statement. And like I said, probably nobody cares about that. I just found it to be weird. But I am looking forward to seeing Tiger play. Um, what, the last time we saw him play was the Masters I last year? I believe so, and he didn't when, finish. He when limped he, off. Yeah, yeah, when he pulled out. So yeah. hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he, he plays well, and hopefully we get the, you know, even if he's not in contention, it'd be fun to watch him on a Saturday, Sunday morning play golf. Let's yeah, no do doubt. it. I can't wait. I'm ready for golf. Which, by the way, um, what are we gonna do? I don't know if you guys ever use DraftKings or not, but they're offering a plus three hundred on the odds for an anytime winner on this tournament, or uh, oh yeah, a tournament winner. So, like, say Scotty Scheffler's sitting at plus six fifty, it'll boost it up to plus nine fifty. So that's a nice little that's close bonus. Plus seven fifty right now. Yeah, so. Good deal. Plus, they're playing it at Riviera, which is a classic, mm-hmm. you know, classic course site of. Uh, this could be a Max Homa event. Doesn't he play a lot out of Genesis? Uh-huh. Did he grow up playing Genesis? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So, we got a uh, All Star Weekend coming up, guys. We do have All Star. I know weekend we kind of talked up. about that last week, but I know that uh, Tuna is going to be wearing his Mac McLung jersey this weekend. Yeah, Is that right? Tuna, are you watching the dunk contest? Probably not. Okay. I don't know. I mean. You don't want to see the repeat? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to DVR it. And you're not going to be at yeah, home. Yeah, like if off. I'm if like. If you're home and it's yeah. all you're watching, yeah. I'm so, with you. It's I'm not, with it's you. not appointment television. I'll say that. It's not. So, no, I'm with you. I mean, for me at least, I don't know. Like, uh, All Star yeah. Saturday, something to put on the TV when you're at the uh, local think it's pub. Cool that they put a basketball court in Indianapolis Airport. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so. 
I'm a sucker for the three point contest. And I love it. And love it. They're doing that uh, thing this year where uh, Steph Curry is going to be going head to head against the best three point shooter in the WNBA. Mm. She's going to shoot from their line, and he's going to shoot from the men's line and i think that that'll add a neat little wrinkle to it so i think that'll be fun yeah three-point competition is always great there's always great entries in there I, I wish luca would get in it because i personally think besides curry he's the best shooter uh but you know there's still great guys is in booker it. in it booker's I, in it yeah yes halliburton's in it isn't he yes yeah halliburton so and that it. it'll be yeah. cool man because the Pacers have a legit starting player in the All-Star game in Indianapolis. It'll be a great showcase for basketball. It'll be a great showcase of the city of Indianapolis. What? Nothing. No. It'll be a great showcase for the city of Indianapolis who does put on big-time sporting events better than any other city Exactly. Hell, I wish we were going, Travis. Damn. I know. It's just, Why aren't we going? It's, there's, it's too much. There's too much. Too going, much going on, on there. right in but right in between the same time. Okay. I got a lot of friends that are going to be there. Uh, I will have a full report next week, I'm sure. A fun oh. event going on in Indianapolis that we could all go to that would be way cheaper um, is the uh, draft combine. That's going on here in like three weeks, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So. Huh. I'm I'll, down on my team, so I don't, you know. I was uh, – you don't like watching the underwear Olympics? Sure, sure. <laughs> That's what I, I, I always just kind of, I mean. I think the thing is, is like you go out in the bars around there and you could run into a lot the, of coaches. That's the big thing. That I'm not saying you go sit and watch like a guy throw the ball. But like, there's a lot of people that do that. Like I'm and, a fantasy owner. I got to sit yeah, here and get my Mike yeah, Penix uh, yeah, evaluation yeah. in before I draft but this year. That is an absolute yeah. fact that if you want to see, especially if you're an NFL nerd and you know like what different GMs look like and uh, front office people, the coaches, they just go to St. Elmo's and sit yeah. at the bar. That's the just, time to be at St. Elmo's. Just go to St. Elmo, sit at the bar, and you'll see – Everybody Andy crushing shrimp cocktail. Oh, I guarantee it. He might enter the. Uh, he, he might take on Joey Chestnut in that <laughs> contest. See how who could eat the most. I bet He's Ro- a cheeseburger. Guy. I bet Robert Kraft's at uh, the Red Garter this that weekend. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> hey he goes to way sleazier places than that, dude. <laughs> he likes some little places on the bad parts of town. Is the Garter I, still open? I don't know. I, don't I still know. respect what? the guy. I like him. I think he did a great job at handling the Billichek thing. I listened to the whole press conference and I thought it was uh, Bob Kraft. I mean, for as much as everybody gives him shit, I, he kind of is in a He's different a way. In a different way, he's kind of like. Jimmy Ursay that people give Jimmy Ursay a lot of shit. He's got his obviously some serious issues, but for people of his area of New England or Indianapolis, they both do a ton of great stuff for the community. They're both super involved, and I mean, you know, Kraft. Who can blame the who? Who, who can blame the guy? He's like seventy five years old, so he wanted to have a little bit of. Yeah. A little bit of fun I on mean, the side. I think guy. the thing was is this place was linked to a lot of underage human trafficking. That was the problem. Oh. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he knew anything about what was going on at the facility. that he ah. The last thing you do when you go to a, a massage parlor like that is ask yeah. about the inner workings. Yeah, uh, 
Can I see the resumes of everyone <laughs> yeah, that works here? Exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of how it came. I think they uh, got raided. And I got first, you. Yeah. So that I was not aware yeah. of. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the like I said, Indianapolis is the best city in the United States for hosting stuff like everything's walkable. I agree with that, man. They do a great oh, job. Yeah. The, the city was literally, I mean, I'm, again, I'll go on a little I, I would have went with, I'm serious. If we didn't have anything going on, I would go with you for all stars. The city was can. literally relayed out in the early eighties by uh, a mayor by the name of Bill Hudnut, who was <laughs> kind of funny name, but he Big was, Hudnut a, guys he was, he was a great mayor and great restaurant. They wanted to get the Pan American Games. Those were still a big deal back then. And so they relayed out the entire concept of downtown and they said we are going to become the destination in the United States for putting on big time sporting events. Every thought they had as far as convention centers, hotels, restaurants, all that was laid out with the idea in mind we're going to be the best place to put these sporting events on. And some 35 years later, and I mean, you talk to a lot of people about the Super Bowl they had there and they'll say, well, it's not new Orleans or whatever, but they say it beats the hell out of most cities because we could walk everywhere. Yeah. Buddy, I spent the whole week up there. I was um, there a lot too. Yeah, that was, hell, it was incredible. There. National championship game. I was mm-hmm. there. It was fantastic. Yeah. That, the Super Bowl, everybody was freaked out because I think it was the first cold destination that they had, cold weather destination. They did really yeah. luck out with the weather. That yeah, week. the it weather was, was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Beautiful. And, uh, yeah. But they had so much stuff set up in the old Circle Center Mall, like the whole Super Bowl mm-hmm. Village area. They had that zip line going across downtown. Yeah. I saw uh, I saw David Faraday do that zip line in a kilt. <laughs> he was wearing underwear. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Because he did go right over top of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking down the street and there's Faraday flying over I top know, of me. I know. It was kind of cool. Mm. I do think to put a button on that uh, uh, all-star game down in Indianapolis, the uh, uh, Spider Mitchell, who Tuna now has someone that he can pull for the three-point competition. Donovan Mitchell, who in my opinion I haven't seen – uh, this week to see if any All-Stars were injured. I think Brunson was after he got added to the team. And I think Donovan Mitchell's going to be added to that team. But uh, averaging 28-6 and three a game, and his team is second in the East. He should have been an All-Star, has been before. And Sabonis, who has had four or 15 triple-doubles this year, should definitely have been added for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, should have made the team. I love him, by the way. Couple of He's one of my favorite there. players. But right now, uh, Tuna's Memphis Grizzlies are they're, they're kind of on the mend. I always love mentioning them. We know Jody's winning all kinds of bets on the NBA right now. Uh, even I'm doing he, well on that. Even though he doesn't really like the NBA. We just call him David Stern But Jr. his bank role does. Uh, I do think that the two hottest teams right now are the, uh, with the all-star break coming, uh, are the Cavs and the Clippers. Well, yeah, the Cavs, Cavs are like 18 East, and one, 18 and one Clippers, 25 and one or 27 and five, I think, uh, and coming out of nowhere with three, all three hall of famers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard and Russell Westbrook all playing great. Together. Oh, I'm sorry. Four. James Harden. 
So you want to fight? You want to? You want to play against that team uh, when they're a high seed? You know what I'm saying? That's going to be a tough, tough team to go up against. Trust me. Four Hall of Famers on that team. But uh, anyways, it's going to be fun. Uh, All Star Weekend. I still like it. I think it's fun to watch. Absolutely, uh, it gives us something something fun to watch on Sunday night too. That's like the NBA All Star Game, and it, it's been this way for me for the last several years. Now, back in the day, when it was Isaiah and Magic and Larry and those, I, and I Michael was, Jordan, yeah, and MJ. <laughs> I mean, I would sit down and watch every second like intently. These days. I turn it on. It'll be on in the background. I'll hear the announcer go, whoa. I do the same thing. I I like the Schick Rookie Challenge Mm -hmm. a lot better. Uh, That's on Friday night. Uh, It's actually the Rising Stars. Oscar Sheepway's going to play in it. Sheepway's playing in it. McLung's playing in it. Uh, And a couple of those freshmen McDonald's All-Americans that uh, are high school that uh, play in the G League. Uh, Anyways, it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I said. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Indianapolis presents on the uh, national stage. I know they'll do well, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from some of my friends that are going to be going to a lot of those events. Um, Jody, how's your how's our UK Wildcats doing right now? Oh boy, not good. Oh um, boy, for the first time ever in the history of Rupp. We've lost three home games in a row. And that stadium opened in, I think, 1976. 76. Yep. It's the first time we lost three home games since, I think, 66. Uh, we're in Ooh. trouble. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it, it's a. It's a. It's a running joke that the defense, that the, the this team has great offensive players, uh, that the defense is an absolute breakdown, which is weird because Cal. What, I know Tubby was definitely a big defensive guy. We know Patino was. Cal's always had tough defensive teams a little bit, but I don't know what is going on. I mean, was Kenny was Kenny Payne the defensive guy on this team? No, I think uh, he's always, I'm he's not never, ragging on Kenny Payne. He just ran man He just had a ton of athletes. That's yeah. all they've ever done down there. It's, it wasn't anything like insane. I think our I think our three big guys are soft. I mean, they're oh, not, they're skin. They're, they're little. They're little. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're, they're little. We got two seven-two guys and a seven-footer. But Mitchell's but playing horrible. Strong. Let's be real. Mitchell was playing great. I don't know what's happened to him. He's fallen off. I know oh, he's hurt. Whatever. I've seen four players now hurt for Kentucky that have set out games, and I never saw them get hurt in the game. Well, well, two. Okay, things. so these are phantom injuries, in my opinion. And uh, I'm going to go on a little tangent here for a minute. The biggest problem that we are having is substituting rotations that are out of whack. Like, I've never seen so many people being subbed in and out. When players are hot, they come out. Not to mention, I'll tell you right I've, now. I've been saying that all year, Jerry. Every time. I know. Text, I know. I don't get it. It is, it is almost March. It is time to get this shit together, Calipari. I don't call him Cal no more. He ain't no Cal. He's not a cow. He's Coach Calipari. And who knows how long he'll be there. Because there's plenty of other people that can come in. Yeah, he's got the buyout and all that. He suckered everybody up there uh, uh, with his car salesman ways. He hasn't won jack smack in God knows how long. Uh, I don't don't care. I'm not a cow fan, and I haven't been a cow fan. So, uh, 
I'm going to tell you right now, we have three players on this team, uh, and I'm reiterating something that I heard that 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 I heard on 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 uh, from some other uh, po- uh, people that are high up with the university. There are three players that played. For instance, this last game we played, we have three possibly the best shooters in Kentucky history playing on the same team right now. Shepard, Dillingham, and Reeves. Reeves. One's going to be a first-team All-American probably or second. One's going to be a high draft pick in the top ten, and so is the other one. Dillingham. Uh, Cal didn't play Dillingham the last 13 minutes of the game. So here's the deal. You know how long that when you have shooters that are that good, you know how long they played together the last game that we just lost against Gonzaga? A minute 15. Mm. A minute 15. We can't get our three best shooters to play together and score. I know our defense is bad. Well, God, for God's sake, get your best offensive. I mean, it's not like the skinny dudes in the paint are guarding anybody. Put in a small lineup. See what happens. Uh, it's it's an absolute mess. Like, these players are all going to do what Booker and everybody did behind them. Go on to be all-stars on the all-star team. Fox. Uh, we can go on forever and start naming people. And they're going to be missed at Kentucky. Like, why didn't they win anything? Why didn't they make it to a Sweet 16? It is absolutely ridiculous. And I think it's really, really, really starting to wear on the Commonwealth. It, it's. Did you see the interview after the game? No. This past game? I, I don't want to listen to what he has to say. When I heard that, I... Because you all heard me. I was texting. I was talking to you guys. I, I was furious after that game. When I heard that interview, it all went away because I was like, if you don't care, I don't care. And I'm, right. I'm sorry, right. Trav. I almost said the F word. But I, <laughs> Cal goes. We've heard it before. Cal goes, don't get mad at these kids. Oh, they're God. trying hard, and they're doing their best, and they're working hard. Not one time did he take any blame. And, uh, Trav, you coach basketball. You're not on the court, but we all know at the end of the day, as part of being a coach and a leader, something goes wrong. You're the man. You're the one that's got to take the blame. That's right. right. How about the four dead? How about the four deadbeat coaches he has sitting next to him? I mean, they're worse than. And I'm not ragging on Louisville. They're playing better than Kentucky is right now. And uh, hell, every time UK loses a game, U of L wins one. But they, but let's be real. The coaches on the U of L sideline are not doing very good and haven't done very good. The f- coaches on Cal's sideline are all deadbeats. Put it in the, send this out to everybody. They are deadbeats. Every one of them. Antigua's been fired twice. How many times has Cal's offense? He has nobody there that's young and upcoming. When's the last time he's heard of a Calipari tree? Have you seen anyone come out of it? Oh, Kenny Payne? Okay. Yeah, that, that's great. That's a great birdie coming out of that tree. Uh, I don't get it. I am done with Calipari. Finished with him. Uh, you know, it's all about the NBA with these kids and growing them for the NBA. I'm starting to think when he goes home and shuts his door, he can care less about the school or the university to a certain extent. I'm not going out. 
out of my mind here. But let's be real. It's all about getting them drafted and out of here. And I am so sick of all he, that. He talks about that all the time. He was like, if you want to go to the NBA, you come learn our system, play with us for a year or two, and, and we'll get you there. That's not your job, Cal. That's not your job. Your job is the UK head coach. Start doing that job, please. Right. I might start wearing U of L. Oh, God. Yeah, dude, Tuna, actually, your cards have been playing better. I was about to say, Travis, how do you feel about this? Uh, you're kind of. You're an IU fan. They're struggling quite a bit. I'm a Louisville fan. We all know the situation that we're in. Uh, how did that make you feel sitting there listening to these first-world problems these guys are dealing with over there? Well, dude, we haven't won nothing in 10 years, so I we're said, right there with you. You're, you're I, playing competitive basketball. I said yesterday to somebody on my back porch, uh, I was talking about the I, – I listened to some of the call-in show, and I, I get the frustration. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I was listening to the call-in show after the Kentucky game, and there was a lot of people that are frustrated, as you could tell with Jody and Fred, what they just talked about. But I also said, if Indiana had the same record over the last 10 years that Kentucky does, um, that I'd be ready to build a statue of Cal Perry out Have in you, front wait of the minute, assembly wait hall. If you had... If you had 40 top draft picks. That's oh, no. the key. Calipari totally has all it. the talent totally in the world, it. and he can't win with it. I totally so get it. So it's not just that. There are people that want to come to Kentucky and play their ass off like Reed Shepard, and I'll take 100 Reed Shepherds and a coach that can get the job done. Okay? I so get if, it. if you all had the talent Kentucky had and you weren't winning with it, you would be beyond yourself losing to uh, a 16th or, or a 15th seed in the tournament. I mean, first game, not making the Sweet 16. I get it. I mean, it's ridiculous. I With get the, it. If you talk about the talent there. Buddy, we haven't won a tournament game in over 10 years. So well, I, I mean, it's, it, I mean, I, I get I'm it, with but, you, but dude, I'm, you're, I know, you're frustrated. You guys are at the top. You're not I'm used to you. losing well, dude, like that. Got and it sucks. trouble on probation. That's not my fault. You I'm know not what I'm saying? saying it's anybody's well, fault. Well, UofL dug themselves a hole and they can't get out well, of it. We That's did a, the same fault. thing that half of, of NCAA or half the colleges I, and universities I, I did. Y'all did. We the just right so thing. happened we got in trouble no. and the other yeah, ones didn't. You all did the right thing and got screwed. Yeah. I get it, but it still happened. So it's going to take y'all a while to get out of it. Kentucky <laughs> was there. Kentucky, I don't see why. I remember Kentucky shame on the cover of a Sports Illustrated. Uh, so they were there at one time, and they hired Patino, who got him out of it. Instead, Patino got you all in trouble. I'm not, you know, that's what happened. It, that, that's how the sometimes how the cookie crumbles. But it, it's not saying I would love to win all these games because my team ain't doing good. Uh, there's been issues. You all have had a lot of coaches in and out, in and out. It's it's going to be way tougher for y'all. We got the same old deadbeat in there winning. 20 games and then choking when it's all crunch time. When when the when the, when everything's on the line, they're not he's choking. Period. And that's what's frustrating when you see not eight all-stars on the all-star team this year and all of them went to UK and didn't win smack except one of them. Anthony Davis. That's it. I just think there's a fine line between um being upset at your team and being mad at your team. 
And then I'm not mad at my team. Whining. I'm mad at my coach because it's what it sounded like. I'm mad at the coach, dude. This has been ongoing for five, six years. Mm-hmm. That that I mean, you've seen him choking, and that's what it is. It's just I mean, you know. Well, uh, dude, we've heard you on here talking about U of L whining. Come mm-hmm. on, <laughs> come on, dude. Just because you ain't talking have about I, them now, have I? Ain't, well, yes, have I have, ever been on a rant like that? We have talked about U of L, <laughs> and we have talked about them in depth on shows in the past. And yes, you have okay. not been happy about. Okay, it. we'll cut the tape on that. Well, I just keep those. doing what 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 anybody should do. That's a fan of a struggling basketball team. Just bet like hell against them. And at least make some money. Because that's what I've been doing with Indiana, and I plan on doing it this weekend again. Right, I get it. You know, in football, you're a coach for your your coach at IU. You you were done with him, and uh, they finally they let him go or whatever. And I just, yeah, well, I mean that was the, the, the main. What me and Jody are frustrated at is the coach, not yes, the not I get the it. players or the I get university. It. Watch and the game, and it's one of them situations where he's stuck there. You can't get rid of him, and that's what's frustrating. Watch both games this week. Whoever's hot, whoever's hot, Cal takes them out every time. And I don't understand it. It's that, that oh, we're going to save him. We're going to save him. No, you play that guy till he goes cold, till he goes dry, and it frustrates me. Horses. He wants to talk about horses. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was I definitely – that was that was next on the agenda, Fred. Gotcha. Don't you worry about that. Um, so – <laughs> the funny thing I was thinking about this earlier, Indiana's in the tank. Kentucky fans are pissed, and Louisville has a chance to go on a three-game winning streak. <laughs> Bring it, yes. <laughs> which is which is so funny, and the only thing that's uh, maybe doing is even because <clears throat> I have heard a couple of you know quote unquote of the media people in this town that I think kind of carry water for Kenny Payne or all like. See how they're improving? <laughs> We're too quick to jump on the fire Kenny bandwagon. <laughs> I'm afraid if they sneak out too many of these wins, they're going to make it harder to get rid of him. Well, the ACC is so bad. It's pathetic. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, win some of these games, get some other coaches fired. I don't know. It, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you could say or do. You just sit back, wait for the season to be over with, and – Try to watch it and pull for the kids. That's it. Because there's there's some kids on the team that are really good kids. Absolutely. And, and they're and, really and they're trying hard. They and they're really playing hard. have and I hate that when when an announcer says I'm sorry, well, not kids, young men. Well, they're you know grown ass gr- men. Grown 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 ass men. I get frustrated when I hear the announcers saying, like, well, these guys haven't quit or these guys are still playing hard. Well, I mean that ought to be about the the absolute bottom of the barrel of what you can expect if you're a scholarship division 1 athlete. Like we shouldn't necessarily be praising you just for not quitting. <laughs> like, well, everybody but, better perk up cuz that's what but, we're going to be talking about but, for the next but 6 I, weeks. But I totally get <laughs> It's college basketball. Because I I actually did enjoy watching uh the Louisville game the other night and the way that they came like Obviously, the season's going nowhere, and it, the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a big win. But I did feel good for those guys. I'll be honest with you. I watched more of the Baylor-Kansas game. That was at the same time, and uh, that was a great game. Yeah. That was yeah. Uh, Baylor. the way Baylor stormed back in that one because um, <laughs> Kansas opened up a wide margin. and Yep. Baylor, I mean, 
they got some guys on that team and I mean, obviously, they're a great, well-coached team. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's, you know, those are two very mm -hmm. well-coached, high. And I tell you, the Cincinnati-Houston game earlier yeah. that day was a real fun game. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati has some grit. That, he's got a dumb name, but Jizzle James, that kid can just play. I mean, he's in every, he's yeah. involved all over. And yeah, Cincinnati, going back 30 years. Mm-hmm. Always has like the toughest they team have a in basketball. Hard nose, no man. Who's <laughs> like, it's just that's 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 their uh, team identity or whatever. No is. They're just tough as nails. Yeah, that's and Scott they always Drew. He's been. a hot commodity. I, you think he's ever gonna? Everyone says that he's always on everybody's list. Do you think he'll ever leave Baylor Here's the thing. or just stay there? He. They just built this new arena down yeah. there. But the thing is. You know how many seat, how many people that arena seats? Seventy five hundred. Yep. Really? And so we're yeah, we're getting more than that at the Yum oh Center in God. our worst year ever. That's insane. But I I, 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 know that. I read a really cool article about this the other day. Is that they think that the wave of the future mm -hmm. is going to be scaling back the number of seats in these basketball buildings because really? like for instance less people are going to games in general yeah, that's true ohio state point. For, uh, just just from a big 10 standpoint ohio state penn state michigan state now michigan state's an outlier cuz they sell out all the time but ohio state used to play in a really cool building called the st john arena the fans were right on top of you they sold out every game. It was loud. It was crazy. Now they play. I guess it's still called. No, it's not anymore. But it used to be called the Schottenstein Center when they when they built it. It's this huge cavernous building. But they get you know twelve thousand people in there. It seats eighteen to twenty, and nobody cares. Like it seems like a terrible environment. And Scott Drew was actually talking about that, and he was like, "I am a thousand percent for this." I think Alabama is talking about tearing their arena down and building a smaller one. Hmm. Penn State used to be, even when they were bad, they were really hard to play at home because they played in one of them old, you know, 6,000-seat field wow. houses where the people were just going wild. And it was on CBS Sports. I'm sure you can find the archive of the article. But it was really interesting that they said a lot of top university administrators now are saying the wave of the future will be to downsize basketball arenas. Well, and, and Rupp and Yum are not the norm. I mean, those are two of the biggest college basketball right. arenas there there are. I think uh, as far as the SEC, Tennessee's got a pretty big one. But most stadiums in the SEC, basketball stadiums, average like 13,000, 14,000. So they're a little smaller anyway. Yeah, but they were they're talking about like he said cutting it down to like 8 to 10,000 seat buildings. What I know it's Duke, but what's Cameron Indoor hold? It's probably like 8500 or something yeah, like that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 it's probably something like yeah. that. Um but anyway, uh anybody else have any thoughts on college basketball? Uh we're getting into crunch time, man. I mean, we're going to have conference tournaments here and what Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Yep. That's uh I can't wait. Yeah. And there's gonna be a lot of stuff that shakes out, but I mean, we've talked about it before. I still I mean, Purdue looks still very good. We're gonna we're gonna either believe in them or not. When they get to the tournament, we'll see. 
Uh, Connecticut is still very good. Uh, Big 12 tournament's going to be a must watch for me. Yep. Yep. That'll uh, be awesome. And, but, quite, and the SEC tournament's going to be Where do they play that good. at? Is that in Kansas City? I don't know where that is. Sometimes. I think it's been there the last several years. I, huh. I, I do believe it's been in Kansas City the last several years. Big Big Ten's in Indy, right? Uh, or does it rotate? Not this year, I don't think. It's either, well, shit. Chicago, remember, isn't it? Remember, well, it's either in, oh. it, it used to be Indianapolis or Chicago. Okay. But now they're trying to expand their footprint. They played at Madison Square Garden a few years ago, for crying out loud. Oh, and they had that weird uh, court. Yep. Yeah, and I they're, that. Uh, Why did they do that? I don't remember that. To Rutgers is in the Big Ten. Oh, they're yeah, expanding, okay. the, expanding the foot. I think they did it in. Maybe in Washington D.C. one year, for Maryland, they played it at uh, Verizon Center. Uh, Colin was telling me he thinks they they might be playing it in Minneapolis of all places in the next here here before too long. But anyway, uh, we'll get as the season gets closer to the end, we will definitely yeah. uh, be talking about that more and more. But Fred, I know I have uh, to get into it. I know there's a big derby prep coming up that you say is uh is a really uh good race with a great field and why don't you break that down for us no there there really is i didn't even get into the sam davis last uh last week i didn't even mention anything about it uh no more time uh won that race uh so he uh got his 20 derby points and only his fourth or third race so he is uh Someone to keep an eye on. He's going to be in the Tampa Bay uh, Derby next. But I am extremely excited as a horse racing fan for uh, this next race coming up. And um, there's there out of out of the top ten best horses going right now based on wins points. Uh, trainers, this six out of 12 of them are running Saturday. Um, also six out of 12 of them have won their last race, uh, which, uh, their last Derby prep, uh, which is exciting. It is the risen star stakes. And, uh, I want to, where is that Fred? The, the risen stars in, uh, help me out there. That, I, I mean, I should have looked that up. Well, I, I mean, it's not that I important. Not, it, it's really not important. It's down in Florida. It's really not important. I was just kind of curious. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder, like. But the but um, the the Risen Star, it said uh, Fairgrounds. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Fairgrounds. Okay. Yep. Um, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, I'm going to list the, some of the horses that are in the top ten. Um. You've got uh, Track Phantom is number two. That's my derby horse uh, thus far that I'm going with. Uh, Honor, Marie, Sierra Leone, uh, Moonlight, Redman, Violin, Hall of Fame, and Catching Freedom are all in the top ten. Some have come in second. Some have won their uh, preps and... uh, it's going to be a great race. I want everyone to try to watch it. Uh, what I think time is 10 that? Entries. Uh, it'll be around five. So, anytime there's a derby prep, it's like five forty-five five, or something like that. Between five and yeah. six o'clock, look okay. at it, uh, and you'll find it. Um, but you'll be betting before then, so check it out. 
Uh, I'm going track phantom. I'm all over them. I don't care what the odds are. Uh, track phantom and Sierra Leone. I'm doing a, a couple bets and, and throwing them in a lot of stuff. So honor Marie is, is definitely a horse, uh, that you want to keep an eye on. But anyways, it's going to be a great prep. I haven't seen one like that, uh, in quite a while. I mean, honor Marie won the Kentucky jockey club, uh, was a huge yearling, uh, sell on that horse, um, at Keeneland. Uh, so, so it's, uh, then you got catching freedom. Who's a closer, who won the Smarty Jones track phantom is one at Churchill. He run the gun. He won the gun runner and the LeCompte. That's a Asmussen horse. Uh, Sierra Leone is Chad Brown. He was second in the Remsen, uh, hall of fame has uh second in Churchill. That horse went for 1.4 million, mm. Uh, at the yearling sale, that's another Asmussen win and has a couple 10 link wins on uh, Hall of Fame. I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, Hall of Fame. Uh, but anyways, just to name a few, those horses, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see what happens in this race. Being just one derby prep with so many horses in it. Uh, a lot of these guys, if they win, will be looking towards maybe the Tampa Bay Dura, maybe just the the final preps at the very end. So uh, check it out, baby. It's going to be fun. Awesome. The Risen Star Stakes. Awesome. Uh, I know we've had a pretty packed show. We've gotten to a lot of different stuff. We're running a little short on time here. So I'm going to <clears throat> ask for everybody's picks and their around-the-room Final thoughts at the same time. Tune, what do you got? Uh, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the week? I'm going to go. Uh, I think the best thing to bet here is, is on the Genesis Invitational. Is uh, I'm going to take Victor Hovland at plus 140 for a top 10 finish. Um, I'm going to take Max Homa plus 190 for a top 10 finish. And I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on the plus 1800 to win outright. Um, and Colin Morikawa. <laughs> At plus one seventy on the top ten, awesome. So love those picks. And then um, also this weekend, uh, not really betting wise, but it is the start of competitive baseball. We have college baseball kicking off this week of this Friday. Starting Friday, we have um, a couple tournaments. Baseball at the beach. Duke and IU are going to kick off actually on ESPN hey, Plus at eleven right. a.m. That'll be cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, you got the South Florida tournament, uh, the Shriners Children's Showdown takes place in Texas every year. Nebraska and Baylor is going to be part of that. Uh, defending national champs play at three o'clock. LSU and VMI. It, it's just it's going to be baseball weekend. It's it's going to be great. So, awesome. Yeah, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. I was not aware of that. Uh, Joe, do you have any picks for this week? I just have two. Um, one on golf. I'm picking, and there's a, actually the top three favorites, but two of them I like right away. Uh, Scheffler, Hovwin, and McElroy to all finish in the top ten. And I know I was bitching about UK earlier, but I'm taking the UK money line <laughs> against Ole Miss. <laughs> we got, we've lost four to six. We got It's got to turn around eventually, right? I love that. I love it. A guy, no, sh- he just can't quit his team, baby. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Scheffler's actually minus 140 for top 10. Minus money on a top 10 bet is, is just insane. I can't do it. He'll probably finish up there, but I just can't bet minus money but on a if golf you, tournament. if you group the three, all three of them to finish in the top. They oh, yeah. Yeah. You, 
parlay, parlay those together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Fred, you got any picks for us? Yeah, I'm definitely going uh, with track phantom because I do think that the odds in that race are going to be spread around because there's so many good right. horses. Yeah, there's probably money to be so, made there. So whether he's seven to two, five to two, I'm going track phantom and I'm putting fifty to win on him. Nice. Uh, I'm going to tell you on that one. Uh, and then I actually uh, am going to take uh, Kansas over Texas Tech this weekend. That's tonight. Uh, uh, I mean, tonight. Tonight, tonight. At tonight, 9 tonight. Can I take that? So, well, it's not going to help our listeners any. But, no, that's but true. Or hurt them. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I that's the that. earth thing. I, <laughs> it's not going to hurt them either. Yeah. So <laughs> they'll know for a fact as soon as they listen to well, this what happened. I haven't looked at any basketball. You taking money? I have no, no idea. It's tough to pick I'm basketball all horses, spreads coming dude. out so late. I'm doing all horses. I'm going to do a. Uh, I'm going to do, and I'll just do something simple instead of some crazy bets that I make. I'm going to do a, a, uh, uh, $2, uh, or, or like a, uh, I'm going to do a, a dollar, a dollar, $2 try. Uh, and let's go, let, let's go with, uh, track phantom Sierra Leone. And I'm going to throw hall of fame in there. I think his odds will be a little bit higher than everybody else's. And, uh, that's it for me. Awesome. You have any uh, any other thoughts on a, as far as going around the room? Anything else to add? No, I'm good. All right. Done it all. All right. Uh, Colin is taking Iowa State to cover plus one against the aforementioned Cincinnati Bearcats. He is taking Drake to cover nine. They're favored by nine against Evansville. And he is taking Ohio State plus nine and a half against Wisconsin. I have three basketball bets to make this week. Um, I've got Butler against number four ranked Marquette. A little Hinkle magic. Butler is getting two and a half points. I love uh, Butler and the points, but I... I think I'm going to take them to win outright. Is that Saturday up at Hinkle? It is. I may go to that. That would be a fantastic yeah. game to go I to. If I can... Yes. Um, I am taking Illinois. I know it's a lot of points. They're giving 16 and a half to Michigan. <clears throat> I have Peter Brady. <laughs> 16 and a half to Michigan. Uh, but Michigan is just an absolute dumpster fire right now. And I think they're, I think they're, who they're, they they they're, beat somebody this past weekend or last week and upset Wisconsin. Wisconsin's been on a yeah they're, they're on, on like a four game losing streak. Then uh, Nebraska came into Chrysler and beat them by twenty. Yeah. Um, and then what I think is and obviously for me personally, but it's a huge game. It's going to be tough for a lot of people to watch because it's not till eleven o'clock at night. I think it's Wednesday, eleven o'clock local time. Uh, New Mexico, the fighting Richard Patinos, mm -hmm. come into Steve Alford's building, who Alford has uh, Nevada having won three games against ranked opponents in a row for the first time in school history. And I like Nevada to avenge their earlier loss to New Mexico, uh, giving 
a point and a half. Boy, I got screwed on New Mexico on Saturday night. They, oh, uh, yeah. They got smacked around on their home yeah. court. Yes, Auburn, they did. Auburn screwed me. I live oh, bet, Auburn was awful. I live bet yeah. them at plus 10 at halftime and thought, oh, they're going to make a comeback, yeah. and they still lost by 16. Guess hey, the UK plays this Saturday. Oh, yeah, I know. At Auburn. I know. Hey, you know what? Before Jody gives his picks – no, he already gave his picks. Oh, throw me down for uh, – I didn't give one. Uh, I'm picking Mike McClung to repeat in the dunk contest. All right, awesome. Come I on. Love it. I love it. I got to say one thing real quick. Yep. Uh, Travis, I know you're going to love this. See the Indiana State made, being ranked again? You got that on there? That's my around the room. Okay. I, I didn't mean to. That kid with the glasses yeah. is, like, awesome to watch. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was going to tell anybody that hasn't watched Indiana State this uh, year, they're ranked – in the top 25 for the first time since 1979. The entire region around Terre Haute is on fire for Indiana basketball. They're 13-1 and in their league right now, leading their league. Um, if you haven't watched them play, watch them. When they make the tournament, they are going to be media darlings. Is it Avili? Is that his name? Yes. Avili? Yeah. And he's a... Big goofy dude that yeah. wears wear rec specs. Have crazy yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. I he, think I've seen goggles. He wears yeah. he, he wears Kurt Rambis goggles and he dude. shoots threes, right? And he kind of looks Travis, a little like heavy set. When are like, you gonna you buy know? your Indiana State t shirt? Is what uh, I want to know. I've already got. I was about to say. I bet he already got like a bunch of them up there. I've already got a couple, and I will be busting them out for the tournament. I love but it. They are a great story, and. They are going to start getting some national, more national attention. I think we're all going to be pulling for them. Yeah, so, uh, they're they're the second best team in the state of Indiana right now, without question. <laughs> them and Moorhead State are going to be my uh, tournament yeah, darlings. Moorhead, Moorhead's baby. got a good little Moorhead's team. Moorhead's always there too. bringing it. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, that was a heck of an episode tonight. I know we kind of jumped all over the place. We had a lot to get to. Uh, we thank everybody for listening. Please give us a follow on social media. Check out that horse race this weekend. Uh, let's win some money with Freddie. Uh, golf tournament should be fun. Should be good to watch Tiger Woods again. Uh, thank everybody for listening. Thank you guys for being here. For Mr. Electricity himself, Whiteboard Jody. Woo! The big fellow of the tuna country, Matt Kempf, and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. This is Travis Carter saying Go so Chiefs. long, everybody. Thank you.